0: Hello and welcome to um, Tea with Culture. I'm Wal Hatter and Hind Mizaina. And we're going to be talking about the last couple of days of uh, Dubai International Film Festival, day six and seven, as well as a wrap up the entire show. It was a very good uh, overall. We had a good selection of films. And starting with the films we saw on Tuesday, the 13th, was Free Fire for me, the the kind of action gun extravaganza that was on which was a lot of fun uh, and it captures kind of aspect of the 70s and uh, it's it, it should be coming to dubai because i think to um, to edit with it and uh, ben Wheatley is is quite a funny uh, charismatic director and he carries that through
1: yeah i didn't get a chance to see it i mean his last film high rise i did not like at all i know you loved it so so with this uh, with this film i thought okay hopefully it'll come to the cinema and hopefully i catch it another time so but it's good to know it was uh I mean, I, I've heard in general, I think it's... Uh, I heard more favorable uh, um, comments about this film compared to High Rise. So I am looking forward to seeing it whenever I have a chance. I started off my day with a couple of documentaries. Actually, most of my day on Tuesday was documentaries. Uh, I started off with uh, Off Frame... And it's um, I, I think of it as a film essay, and it's by Mohanna Yakubi, and it's a collage of uh, old footage, archival footage that looks into uh, militant film uh, uh, about uh, the Palestinian uh, cause and fight and struggle, and it so it starts off kind of from um, you know like uh, promotional videos or recruitment videos from um like the 50s and 60s there might there might be some a bit earlier i mean it starts talking about the kind of the history of the problems and when it starts and it goes into present day and how just you get like a a historical look of the palestinian issue through these films and how it each over every decade What, how the fight and the struggle and and when terrorism as we know it today, you know, started, uh, you know, with plane hijacking and plane explosions. And so there's lots of kind of key historical moments included in this, but there's no talking heads or anything. It's just a very well put together um, collage of these footage, which I can imagine like it took. You know, the references mentioned in the ending credits was all over the place So really one I recommend people to seek If they have a chance The second documentary I watched uh, Also related to Palestine, Gaza Surf Club Uh, I know you watched it well And you liked it, and I really, really liked it uh, Too, and Yeah, about these surfers in Gaza who are trying to, like, have some normalcy in their life. And, I mean, there's a lot where I thought where, you know, the ocean, the sea is the place of freedom for them, a place of hope, and uh, where one character talks about there's no hope and he's given up, basically, but his love of the sea and he wants to pass that on to his son and, you know, just living a simple life as a fisherman. And, um, yeah, no, really hopeful film, but also this act of protest that we're going to try and find something that gives us Pleasure and happiness, uh, despite the restricted lives uh, they live in.
0: Yeah, another another one I saw about th- war and turmoil, although it isn't about Palestine, was about white. Sun, was called White Sun, and this is in Nepal. And, and right now they're just finished their, or oh, I think they're finishing. God knows what these are. A, little, a little war that keeps happening around the world, uh, and it's about kind of a death in the family, and then how two different aspects of the family um, kind of interact with each other, being on different aspe- different sides of, of the of the civil war. It's beautifully done, and uh, it's, it's kind of sad. It reminds you how, how terrible the world is, but, but does share a bit, of, a bit of hope for the next generation. So I don't know I, I know. I remember I walked out of it kind of feeling bothered and angry, which is, I guess, part of, part of, part of the film and part of the world that, that, that it is. But then you watched another kind of quirky uh, documentary, right?
1: The man who saw too much. Well, I wouldn't call it quirky. I mean, this one is uh, about a uh, Mexican uh, photographer, Enrique Martinez, and uh, he started like taking pictures from the age of nine. And this is, I think, in the 30s or 40s. And what started off as he was influenced by cinema. Like him, his way of seeing the world was through cinema, and he'd watch these kind of film uh, noirs and crime. And he'd go out looking for car crashes. And and so the beginning of the film, I thought of the movie Nightcrawler. And eventually, it, it, we the movie includes a um the director of flight crawler talking about kind of the these photographers who go out photographing that because so basically the life the man who saw too much is like the man who saw a lot of death he's been photographing death that would go in the papers and uh and yeah he's like in the 70s or 80s and now he's you know his photos sell well and collectors seek them but it's kind of yeah how he's st- he started off looking for these images and he was interested in you know uh Photographing these, and now he's got like a. And he's, and he, there's even a line where he goes, Oh, I wish I was in New York during 9 11. Like, he's always seeking these kind of, he's always seeking death to photograph and he took it upon himself it's his job to do that and he collects clippings of newspapers of you know war around the world and terrorism and he's just very interested I think in in this very dark aspect of humanity but now with he's like 70 or 80 and now he collects toys and it's really weird like I think he's lived mentally he's going through this uh, childlike uh, uh, phase which i think he missed out when he was at, at the age of 9 you know so it was really interesting um seeing that so yeah like no it was really well done tr- and, and 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 the director trisha if she's had her films screened at diff before the mexican suitcase and uh, no, i forgot the title it was about the che guevara symbolism so she really constructs her documentaries really well so yeah no, and it was a really interesting uh, q and a discussion after it
0: yeah and, and the, the last film I saw of the day was was Hetty, which you had mentioned before that uh, that was, was screened around, and you saw it in uh, earlier so for um, for us I mean hetty is, is one of those um, characters that you don 't like um, and and this has kind of been reoccurring I guess in a lot of the films that we saw and i 'll mention again the next film that we saw yesterday and it 's also similar with with white sun we, we create our own little scenario own little issues or obstacles, and then cry about it. And uh, I guess we can go into details more when we discuss Hotel Salvation, because I also want to bring it up there. But it was also, but it was, it set set out uh, and and got what it wanted to to get. So I think overall, whether I liked it or not, it was still a, a film that got what it wanted to get.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hedy, like you said, I think he's he a weak character, and you're, you're trying to root for him, and he's given these chances where he can make decisions and change his life, but he's not, and you're witnessing the film, and you almost like want to shake him, uh, but then some of it, does it feel like it's out of his hands, the circumstances are, make, are also kind of affecting the decisions he makes, but I don't know I thought it was a really well-made film, I enjoyed watching it, and um, I'm glad it came to divs. The last documentary I watched on Tuesday, Zainab Hates the Snow by Qasar bin Haneya. Um, again, uh, like, I mean, I'm a fan of Qasar bin Haneya based on her uh, previous film, A Charlotte of Tunis, which is a mockumentary. And this documentary follows like six years of the life of Zainab. So I thought of the movie Boyhood when I was watching this and how I think with her, it's just a very intimate personal portrayal following this girl.
0: Yeah, I didn't see Boyhood, but uh, when 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 I watched it, I mentioned a couple of days ago, it is it, that that flow is interesting. But how she develops, which is why, at least from my end, that kind of gray area between real life, documentary, and and setting is interesting. How she captures there that humanity reality
1: yeah yeah and because i mean then i was going through these changes because it starts off when i think she was eight or nine in tunisia and then i think her father passed away and her mom remarries so now she has this stepsister and her stepsister was amazing like she was such a character uh which then like she she was such a scene stealer in a lot of um, you know throughout this documentary but i think with I think it was all about Zeynep's point of view so that's why I think she didn't kind of steer away following other characters and yeah so this girl who's kind of going through these changes she suddenly has a stepsister to deal with uh, then they leave Tunisia and move to Canada so now she's dealing with like another country and there's a little brother like she has a younger brother and I felt he was really kind of isolated but I, again this was all about zainab's point of view and it ends with her you know a young beautiful teenager and um, and yeah I mean it will be great if I don't know if Kassel would ever have a chance to go back and uh, record more of Zena, But yeah, it was an interesting, uh, like, a period, that, you know, like kind of post-revolution Tunisia. This young girl, family changes. Um, yeah, so it was just sweet. It was really endearing. I, I really liked it.
0: Yeah, my Q&A, actually, they had mentioned that they're showing it in Tunisia. Mm. And that the girls are coming back, at least Zeynep's coming back to Tunisia. But then she's going to be reunited with her schoolmates she hasn't seen since, since the film. And and they they are going to film it, so you never know if it's going to continue or not.
1: Oh, great, because that's the school scene in the documentary where she's reading this farewell letter to her friends. I totally teared up. It was so touching. And, yeah, no, really, really delightful, very sweet, uh, some tearful moments in this documentary. So, yeah, good on Khalsar ben Hanei. I'm always, you know, hoping, let's see what else she makes.
0: I know at the end of the night you saw one of the one of the short sessions, but uh, we, we both of us did catch a lot of the shorts at the screening room and overall, um, I still do think that the level of, of shorts has has dramatically uh, evolved uh, the past couple of years, and my favorite one would be *Submarine*, from what I saw, which is a Lebanese uh, uh, director, but although I think she's American Lebanese, and it was done produced really well. The story is interesting. Nothing to just it was just a very very good film that is, that is short.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the Arab shorts, I do feel bad that I never end up spending enough time uh, watching them. Um, I mean, yeah, I caught some of the Gulf shorts, some interesting films, some, you know, really well made. Um, but I think one the standout for me was Shrimp. It's a UAE short film. <clears throat> I caught that at the Cinetext, so I didn't really see it on the big screen and I have no idea how the crowd reacted to it. But yeah, like it's it's trying to be surreal, but I think... Maybe that's the only way to talk about, I think, touchy topics about here. So it starts off like in a hotel room. And, you know, I was surprised like, there was uh, a box of condoms. You said
0: short. Don't have to sell the whole film now to the people.
1: No, no. I'm just saying how it started. Like, So it starts off like there was something something happened in this room. And we don't know. Was it someone's wedding night? Was it an illicit affair? And all these questions start coming more and more. You know, like the answers come throughout as you're watching this. So I think this, like, it's a bold film in terms of the theme, uh, which I haven't seen in the past, where lots of the films in the past is about identity. Or, uh, kind of like um, you know, women issues, but like not uh, trying to find solutions, but like almost kind of saying s- things we know, but nothing said in a, in a new or different way. And so, this one was really interesting, and I believe it won last night. So, uh, yeah, I hope there's a chance this gets shown more. But Actually, I
0: think both of them won, even uh, submarine? submarine. Okay,
1: cool. All right, good. So, yeah. like, but I we guess-
0: don't have to try to find catch the rest because we don't have the chance.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about short films, right? Like, we only get to see them if it's during a festival screening before full feature films, or if you know the filmmakers and you get access to their links. Yeah, there's a way where I think these short films don't get um, shown widely enough. I think that, I mean, this is a situation around the world with short films. But, like, I'm glad we caught a few, at least, that caught our uh, attention and surprised us. Um, I mean, speaking of documentaries that surprised us, like, uh, the one I saw called The Challenge... By visual artist Yuri Ankarani, and, and um, I mean the trailer uh, and the description was about uh, falconry in the Gulf region. And but this was just filmed in Qatar, and it has a really strong, uh, very stylized visual look to the film, as uh, not much talking in it. And I think it's for like a few days in the life of. Um, these uh, Qatari rich boys and their toys and their weekends. So it, it it kind of follows uh, these Harley Davidson riders in the desert, where the lead driver is this gold shiny on a riding a gold shiny Harley Davidson. Then you have the guys who, who are on their four by four drives and in the desert, and so there's really interesting kind of angle of filming those. And then the falcon hunting and you know and and that tradition. So it's so a lot of kind of these very male uh, let. Uh, hobbies and and uh, and bonding in in the Gulf region, and, and then there even images of them like in the majlis with you know very ostentatious. But I also felt it was very unapologetic about what it was showing. Like I said, super stylized, really great music. I think just something like yeah, if you're into uh, appealing visuals, like this would be really good to see on the big screen. And uh, yeah, no, I was really surprised at how much I liked it. I thought it was really fun to watch. So yeah, that was the uh, one I recommend. And um, on the last day, I also watched, uh, there was a segment dedicated to Abbas Kiristami where it started off with a short 15-minute film made by Kira called Take Me Home. And it's a black-and-white film uh, following a ball falling down lots of stairs. And the whole thing was shot in southern Italy, so it's lots of stairs and a ball bouncing. And, it, you know, does it is it, is it is it does it feel like it's... Uh, is, it, is it something kind of almost, uh, like, uh, therapeutic by just this repetition of this balloon that's bouncing? Because there was this rhythm to it. At some point, I thought of the movie The Red Balloon. There is a little boy who comes and goes mm-hmm. in the film. But, yeah, it was just a kind of sweet. Film and uh, so so we watched that.
0: Yeah, actually, most of the comments that I read around people who watched it earlier were more about this than the uh, actual documentary itself.
1: So the documentary itself that was followed after the short film was about Kiarostami, and it was called "76 um, Minutes and 15 Seconds with Abbas Kiarostami." So the the director is Seyful Samad- Samadian, and this film is 76 minutes 15 seconds of footage that he's been recording because he's been like hanging out and following Abbas Kiarostami through most of his career. And after his de- after death, after Kiarostami's um, death, Samadani basically Samadian uh, went through this footage, spent a month trying to put together something as an homage to the director so again it's 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 about it's like a film essay about the man and his art and through this these clips because some of them are like behind the scenes some of them are doing certain parts of important films he's been making Uh, some of them are chats whilst driving and you get to kind of know maybe more about the 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 man the human and not just the artist and uh, I thought it was really touching and it was done quite well considering apparently he's got like thousands and thousands worth of footage, and, and I don't know, I thought just it was a nice, ins- it was a great insight into this man beyond him as a filmmaker, like beyond, you know, we get to see him as a man too, so no, I I thought it was uh, was quite uh, touching and a great tribute to you know, Abbas Kiarostami, who's I think a huge loss to the world of cinema.
0: Yeah, during that time I had watched Hotel Salvation. I had high hopes for Hotel Salvation, reading a lot about it before and kind of expecting it to come in, it was definitely in my top five, but I was a little bit um, kind of uh, let down by by it. i mean it's it's fine for 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 a film but it's a very light mainstream kind of overall happy go lucky type of thing about death nothing uh, kind of especially i guess after you watch all of the polsrino films about death and, and age and then, and then you really get get that
1: yeah, I mean, I watched it separately a few months ago. So, yeah, it's interesting when you watch films within a film festival, sandwiched between lots of films, you know, like how emotional do you get when you think you would have been emotional or not? Like, I, I, know, I found this quite moving, and I did... Cry and I I, and I didn't think of it as a happy-go-lucky and it's this you know man who's uh, trying to you know keep his father company who is ready to die and this hotel uh, um, hotel salvation I think it's actually it's also called in the film and yeah and just I think um, from the father's point of view who's ready to die and just and and where the rest of his family isn't ready to let go and so in that sense I thought it was quite touching.
0: No, I know, but but uh, like in comparison, it was it was it was still. Lighter than than the death films that we've seen in the past, which really shook us to the core. But I guess, but for, for me, what was interesting isn't necessarily the the old man who is going to die, but his son. And this is what I've been kind of talking about a few minutes before. This is, is this is this character that is stuck in problems of his own doing. So like him, like uh, the the character in I'm Not Madame Bovary, like the character in Lady Macbeth, like like the character in Hetty or even the the situation in um, in White Sun. It's Little problems that are minute and and small and issues that they just construct because they want to be stubborn about something and and what 's worst off is they want to dwell in in the drama that they 've created for themselves and just really sit there and and, and, and and not want to find solutions where everybody around them is trying to find solutions, trying to move on, and they just want to stubbornly stay and and i guess for me these characters this this type of human that we, we do have in the world really bother me this is like i'm i'm so you know why does and somebody why do you want to be miserable why does this misery but then we get a lot of them and it's it's, it's not a rare persona to 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 define people just love misery and but then but then Um, going back and forth in uh, in Hotel Salvation, the the man who was was actually older man who was gonna die. He was not about misery. He was like fixer. He even tells the boy his son where he should have fixed and not to blame him. And and even the the mother in Haiti, she's like, you can't blame me over things that you never told me. Or in in White Son where the kids had to deal with it, or the or the mother or the wife, and plus in a situation where gender is no no rights or anything, where they had to go against the, the 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 grain and and do the norm. You get all these characters who who do have power uh of some sort and just want to again dwell in the misery that they're creating in their own imaginary world of crap so they have something to 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 be life about rather than actually move on and live life so i i get bothered <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, all right. Maybe a good segue to this then would be 20th Century Woman, a movie I watched where, uh, by Mike Mills. And I really liked his previous film, Beginners, which was about his father who came out at the age of like 70 something, 80 something. So, and Christopher Plummer was in that role. And this movie turns out is about his mother. So, this is, uh, so set in 1979 with Annette Benning, uh, starring it. And, and to me, it's, I think, about how I think, um, the mother, uh, you, you know so this mother son relationship and and she's trying to like deal with seeing her son as an, an independent individual you know versus the, the son and how and and how she's kind of recruiting other friends to help raise him because there's no man in his life because now this is the mother who separated from her husband and um which oddly enough while the father the father or her, her ex-husband is Walid uh, the from omar
0: no
1: i was so surprised when i saw him on the screen he didn't really he didn't have any much of speaking role but he was there like in presence so I thought that was quite funny and I thought of you so who has who have not heard us before we you know Omar from two years ago Diff was one of our favorite films and Willy Zaritar was in that film but, but yeah back to this film um, and and but throughout the film we're also going through the history of these different characters so we know more about the mother when she was born in the 20s and the son always jokes like his mother's the way she is because she grew up during the depression and how she kind of is used to having like every everyone um, you know friends and family everyone takes part in raising a child and um, I don't know like I'm still trying to like think a lot more about it but I really really liked it and it's like I said it's kind of the mother trying to see her son as this individual and the son thinking of his mother as this individual independent woman and uh, and lots of other interesting characters around this uh, this family, and I do hope it makes its way to the uh, the you know uh, cinemas in the UAE. And yeah, and these and these are people who are trying to like take control of their lives or trying to find answers. So you know, because the son at this. It, ages like in his early teens and yeah and he's trying to understand um you know like what does it mean to be a man and you know that's the question the mother asks. like do you need a man to raise a man and how now he's surrounded by these female friends and and they're all these feminists so this is in the 70s and they're making him read about these books about womanhood and orgasm and sex and these are kind of like the very, you know, maybe controversial and very new topics that weren't discussed publicly at the time in the 70s in the States, and he's now totally in the midst of that, and he's learning. And as you see, you, you start seeing him, you know, he, okay, he's being sensitive, he's understanding. Hopefully when he grows up, he's going to be a better person or a better man compared to lots of other men. So really, I know, I thought it was a very touching film and highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, another, another film I saw where the characters was a, a driving force is the Argentinian film, The Distinguished Citizen. This is a non-apologetic, almost to the point of, of asshole a character but you're like yeah you know him. well at least for me like you told him like it is he goes back to his old town and has to deal with with people in the old town who i guess <laughs> the opposition want to dwell in their muck so it was it was like argentinian films in general and i'm generalizing here it has that kind of dry humor to it interesting pacing and he was one of the and the actor was in uh, wild uh, tales. wild tales from from last year um so, so yes, yeah, so it was quite enjoyable, quite different. And um and, and yeah, but and and fortunately for me, the last film I saw was a surprise. I mean, I mean it wasn't my top ten, and you mentioned it was it was it was awesome, but it was even more awesome than I had thought, which is the Japanese anime called Your Name.
1: Yeah, how how great was that? How great.
0: It was visually it was stunning, story wise, it was appealing, and they, the, these animated characters, I felt more connected, uh, f- they felt more human than most of the humans <laughs> we saw in the real, in, in kind of the, 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 the movies that we, that we saw throughout the film festival. So I don't know if that's saying that we're jaded to see other humans or um, these Japanese characters are really well-written, well-developed, but it was, a, it's, and it's one of those, it, you know, it could have been in the Twilight genre. If it's a teenage romantic, uh, comedy drama, comedy drama. And, but you're sitting there and you're like, no, they didn't see each other. And it was a like, crying and it was just awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you liked it and I really wanted to watch it again because I saw this uh, in October at the London Film Festival and I wanted to see it again but because 20th Century Woman was on th- at the same time I really wanted to watch that too. Um but yeah, I do anything to watch it again because I it is quite layered, it's very it's very dense in storyline and it, it it's so worth a second viewing and a third and a fourth probably. Like the animation itself is really quite it's quite dazzling in a yes. way like the, and and uh and the storyline and just because the way it goes it comes and goes and you're like wait what's going on and uh and and like i said it's so, there's several layers to it and totally deserves multiple yeah, viewing
0: i mean it's it's it, when you first view off it's like oh uh, a boy and a girl a teeny and, a boy and a girl that switch bodies but it's not that freak or Friday fighter kind of thing it mm-hmm. really has multiple layers multiple ideas multiple agendas and it just it's mm-hmm. just uh yeah it's one of those things buy the d v d or download it on on something and keep watching it again and again um and just appreciate the the subtlety and the the unsubtlety in, in lots of, in lots of the films
1: yeah no I'm great like the this, the festival ended by us watching yeah. kind of films that we two films that we really liked and connected to so i don't know i mean at this point maybe just let's Share our super duper top highlights of the film yeah, the y- film festival: y-
0: Your name kind of is, is sneaked into my, my, my top three, mm-hmm. uh, but funnily enough, my actual top three are the top three that I mentioned way last week that I was expecting to, I was really excited to see, and I'm glad that at least for them, they did stay with me, which were uh, Sierra Nevada, um, Ali Ibrahim uh, and the goat sorry, Ali the goat and Ibrahim, and uh, like crazy.
1: Yeah, Sierra Nevada totally is a standout. I just feel it was the far most superior film in the film festival. Your Name, although I've seen it before, but I feel it does uh, deserve a mention. Um, Ali Ali the Goat and Ibrahim I think is another standout for me uh, just because I like it was totally unexpected but I think I also want to mention uh, Only Men Go to the Grave was another one I I mean the film has its flaws it's not the most perfect film but I think it's a film that I'm happy got made I'm happy got screened at the film festival I'm happy to hear it won an award last night so I hope a film that is brave in its attempt in tackling topics that are normally deemed taboo and no-go areas in this part of the world will be supported and I hope it makes its way to the cinema for a wider audience to watch so I think these are kind of maybe the standouts uh, for me. And, yeah, I mean, another year over film festival-wise. And, uh, I mean, they already announced next year's <laughs> dates, which is uh, the 6th of December till the 13th. So, yeah, we're marking our calendars. But in between now and then, hopefully, we'll have lots of other films to talk about and lots of arts and culture.
0: Uh, and, and that's a wrap for us.
1: Uh, hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, please post. And thank you very much.